Hey, welcome all. It's good to see you all. As you know, we have Ken here, going to walk us all through the life spiral. Um, I'm not sure how many of you, show of hands, who, who here knows Ken? Barbara's like, I don't really know him. Um, <laughs> cool. We all, we all know and love Ken. He's got many words of wisdom from his experience as a, uh, as a business owner and including all the personal development and spiritual stuff that comes along with it. You can all tell by his demeanor that he's got everything together. No flaws at all. Right. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. Right. Yeah. Um, we're no here pressure there. Us. Right. <laughs> exactly. But Ken, tell us all about the life spiral. I think this is really for people who feel like they're, they're pretty stagnant in, in their progress for business and, and in life. And it's, it's, it really is your, I guess, model for getting people's momentum back, um, you know, in areas of, of life that matter most to them. So anyone who feels stagnant, stuck, call it whatever you want, you're not making the progress that you're after. This is the sort of model and system you can put in place that allows it to continue. Is that correct? Yes. And and the whole idea behind it, and I'll get into the specifics of it. I have a, a presentation that I can share, but it was the idea is to think in terms of a perspective that allows you to kind of elevate your life gently and without burning yourself out or exhausting yourself with this try harder mindset of all the things you have to do. <laughs> You know, because especially right now with the amount of information, if, if you did all the things that are good for you and your business, like it would take a 48 hour, hour day that would not include sleep. But of course, sleep is important too. It's just overwhelming. So the idea was to create a simple model that gives you three circles, three areas in your life that you can focus on and then identify simple ways that you can shift and adjust that take the circular patterns that we all by nature have in our life and turn them into spirals. So you're gently elevating. And you know, if you think about it, patterns are super important. There's, um, uh, I wanna say the book is by Jim Lair. It's called The Power of Full Engagement. And he talks about the fact that willpower exerting ourselves is uh, a depleting commodity throughout the day. So, and that's like when you travel, you're so tired by the end of the day because you have to consciously think about even things like which way you turn the knob on the shower to get water. Like all of the things, all the tasks that we put on uh, autopilot to conserve energy, you can't do that with. So the patterns of our lives actually serve us, but the double-edged sword to it is they can also leave us held in place. So this is an idea, you know, the idea behind this was to create this perspective where you can you can take yourself through a little review on a periodic basis. I recommend monthly. And you just look at your life through this lens and then you think, what are some little things that I can do that will lead to significant differences over time? Just like putting a dollar in the savings account every day, you know, number one, it'll start to compound. It'll add up. And number two, when the difficulties come, you've actually built up a reserve, a capacity to be able to handle it. So that's that's kind of the philosophy behind it. Uh, and there's really, there's two parts to this. The part we're talking about today is the perspective part. 
And then we also have a part called the five practices. That's a process part. And that lets you look at the habits that best serve you in your day and figuring out ways to integrate and weave them into your life gracefully so that you can actually enjoy the process. And it isn't just all stress and, you know, overwhelm all the time. So, so that's the purpose behind it. Uh, any thoughts you want to add to that, Tyson? I think it's a, I think it's a good summary. And I think we can even use this, this group, um, if you want to have some accountability after this call for implementing, implementing these systems, if you are doing a monthly review, for example, um, get on a call with someone, you know, book a call with someone from this group in, in four weeks time and do the review with them, um, making sure that you're consistently moving forward by having that support, that accountability with everyone else in this group. I think that's what's, that's what's unique about, you know, these calls compared to just a presentation is that we can use, you know, our support, our questions, our accountability to actually make a difference. So yep. maybe it towards the end, we can, uh, we can call that out to anyone who, um, who wants to do that. Yeah. And the other thing, so I'm real big, especially working with organizations on language that allows you to shortcut how quickly you can understand the people that you're working with. So part of this, it gives you a communication system that you can share with, you know, friends, with family, and you'll see how it works. It's, it's, it's actually really simple. So, uh, all right. So should I just jump into it, share my screen? We all ready? Go pen and paper. Cool. Hands go ahead, pen and paper. Yeah, you might. Yeah, you definitely might want that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It can help to take some notes. And Tyson, you'll have it recorded and everything too, exactly. so that's good. Exactly. Uh, okay. Ken, all yours. All righty. Okay. So hopefully now everybody can see the screen. Sure can. Excellent. Uh, let's see here. Whoops! Oops! 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 I just wanna make sure that I can do my little fast forward thing here. Oh, there we go, okay. So um, so the first thing I need to do is introduce you all to someone. Uh, this is John Fritz and he was my friend, mentor. Um, sadly, he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, he began as my martial arts teacher almost 30 years ago. He was a 10th Dan in Shaolin Kempo. Um, but he was more importantly, he was a spiritual counselor, um, and he basically traveled the world looking at all kinds of different philosophies from Taoism to Buddhism to shamanism. He spent time in South America. And what he was really looking to do was distill down what's the essence? What are all of these things trying to teach? And how do we how do we allow ourselves to practice the essence without getting too caught up? in all of the details. How do we, you know, he used to always say, you're not here to serve the art or the philosophy, it's here to serve you. So, um, and he worked with uh, scientists from NASA, just, he had a very, very interesting life. So the original concept of this came from him and he was a rather mischievous man well into his seventies. And, you know, he would just look at you and he would say, how do you experience heaven on earth? And he had this kind of like, you know, evil twinkle in his eye as he'd ask you that. And you're like, I don't know. I mean, people would freeze like deers in the headlight. And then he would respond by saying three eights. And you're thinking, okay. And then he'd say, well, how could you experience hell on earth? 
And now you're like, I, I don't even know. And his answer to that would be three twos. And when you would say, what does that mean? He'd say it was simple. So he was explaining this to my partner, Stephanie, at one point. And the way he explained it was like this. <laughs> this was simple in the world of John. <laughs> so, and we have kept this. This is uh, a cherished piece of paper that just we're in our family center in the cafe. And he was frantically scribbling on this on um, uh, at one of the tables over a cup of coffee. And basically, I'm going to decipher this. And as crazy as this looks, it's actually very, very simple. So basically, his idea was if you think about these three circles in your life, the first one being vitality, and he really liked vitality and because it encompasses everything from health to your immune system. It's the amount of energy that you have, your life force, and how that's flowing to and through you, in his words. The second circle was your relationships. And this is your relationships both with yourself and with others. And what they're finding right now, especially with all of us so much in the wellness world, there's a lot of talk about beyond wellness, you have to look at the social things that actually directly impact your overall well-being. So your, your the relationships with the people you have, your access to things like infrastructure and doctors and whatever it may be, it's those connections with other humans that dramatically impacts the vitality circle. Uh, and then the third one is value. And what he meant by value was your ability to contribute to something that's greater than yourself. And because if we, you know, cultivate vitality, but it doesn't spill over into the world around us, that leaves us kind of a little bit stunted and stilted. And he believed that our capacity for vitality and energy, the depth and quality of our relationships in part was um, influenced by the quality of our commitment to the unique contributions that we're making to the world around us. And that could just be being the, an amazing parent to your children. It doesn't have to be professionally. It's you get to define these three circles however you want. But his whole point was the overlap between these three circles, the integration of them, that's what creates true value and meaning in your life. So that overlap in the center there is kind of the focal point but you get there by focusing on the quality of the three circles. So what he would say is, you know, and you can even do this for yourself right now, you just create for yourself a subjective number. So if you were to think about the quality of the vitality in your life and you were to give it a number one through 10, what would it be? What would it be for your relationships? What would it be for value? And it doesn't really matter how accurate it is. The idea is it's an assessment tool, a self-assessment tool that over time allows you to create trend lines for yourself. So you can start noticing what, what makes this number go up? What makes this number go down? And you know, although we're gonna be talking about a spiral, the reality of it is spirals move in both directions and that's the reality of, of your life. You know, you're not always gonna be spiraling in an upward direction. So you know, we wanna recognize that. So basically in John's world, heaven on earth, is when each of these circles is at an eight, which creates, whoops, sorry, I went too fast. Uh, so if you have like a heavy level of overlap between them, right, that's what he would consider heaven on earth. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, as you started to see, you know, hell on earth 
would be three twos, right? Where you know you're feeling that these things are they're they're not feel you're not feeling very connected to each of these things, which means that these circles aren't as connected to each other. So if you think about it this way, when you're if your vitality is at an eight, you're feeling good. How much more present and available can you be in the relationships in your life? How much more are you able to show up when you do your work? When you're tired and exhausted and sick, it's really hard to experience as much integration, right? So we nurture and look at each of these circles, but again, we're focused on the, the overlap between them. And the way that he would do that is with math, because as much as he was a spiritual human, he was also very much a scientist and sort of a pragmatist. So he used this model and he said, all right, let's think of it this way. Three twos gives you an eight, right? So that would be a life fulfillment score, he would call it. If all of these circles were that low, your total would be an eight. Three eights is five twelve. Now, the interesting thing is if you had three tens, that's a thousand. That's almost double. So think about how much space there is to have a, a to experience heaven on earth. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be a nine or a 10, right? You can experience so much value with space for that to expand up or down. So, so using that as the reference base, here's an example of how this works. And this is why we call it the life spiral. So let's imagine that, you know, right now, your relationships feel really, really good. You're really satisfied with where things stand. You know, you give yourself a seven. Vitality is about average. You're feeling pretty good overall. You know that there's some things that you should probably improve on, or you know, maybe you're coming off of an injury or an illness or whatever, and you feel underutilized in the value department. Maybe you're, you know, your work isn't taking off the way you want it to, or you're struggling with a coworker, whatever it may be. So you know, if you were to add or multiply those three numbers out, you end up with 105 as your life fulfillment score. Now, here's where it gets interesting. If you were to take your value and increase it to a five, so you make a few changes. So maybe you, you know, you start, you join a new networking group and you start putting together a curriculum or you study some topic that will help you improve your ability to deliver and your value, or you make a new connection with someone, whatever it may be, you just, you bring that from a three to a five, and then you take your vitality and you just, you just get an extra 30 minutes of sleep a night, or you drink a little bit more water, or you go for a 20 minute walk a day. It's just one point, right? One little increase. So we've made these small incremental changes in value and vitality, and we haven't even touched relationships. We're just gonna leave that. We're not gonna to try to do anything with that. Look at what happens to your score. It doubles, it doubles. So you didn't have to do dramatic, exhausting, try harder things to double your subjective fulfillment score in your life. Right. And that was his whole point. It's the little things that make the big difference. And, you know, and so often we get caught up in this kind of hustle and grind and do more and work harder. And we're missing the point that we're we are able to experience this value. And what John, my mentor, wanted to do is make sure that you had a way to quantify it so that you didn't lose sight. You know, we're in our own skin. And we see this for a lot of us with our clients. They don't recognize the value they've created with their own life. It's hard to notice the value of the shoes you're walking in 
because they're just comfortable in doing their job. So we lose that perspective. So this gives you a way to check in. And what's really cool about it is this becomes something where you can quickly say to someone in your life, right now I'm feeling like a 773, you know, three, where's your three? I'm feeling like a three in vitality. I think I'm getting sick. And they'll know, you know, if you're sharing this, if you're communicating in this way, they'll quickly know where you are. Or, you know, over time, the idea is to arrive at 512 again and again, to have moments of three eights in your life and then recognize it and say to someone, I'm at 512 right now. I feel good, you know, and you know, you're not going to stay there. You visit it. They asked the Dalai Lama one time, you know, are you enlightened? And he looked at him and he smiled and he said, not at the moment. <laughs> this, you know, it's not, there's no, there's no permanent arrival. We arrive again and again. That's the idea behind it. So little goes a long way. That's the point. And the thing that's really cool is each circle positively impacts the other. So we didn't have to focus on relationships when we doubled that score. But what happens when you're feeling a little bit better in vitality? What happens when your value is expressing better? Isn't that going to have a ripple effect out on your relationships? Without even looking at it, is it possible that if you were to revisit this four weeks later, your relationships went up to an eight, that they flexed up? simply through the act of understanding how all of these things work dynamically together and your focus is on the value of the integration between them right so that's what you pay attention to making sense so far we good yeah all right so uh so now we're going to add another piece to it and this is about you know this is the part that i added in so so that first part was from my mentor and and it was his concept of these three circles and one of the things that he uh, asked of me was to just, you know, help keep his work going. He just, he, the last two years of life, he passed away from cancer and the last two years of his life, he tried to dump 50 years worth of knowledge into my brain. Fortunately, we'd already worked together for 25. So, but it was an accelerated process. So, you know, so part of what I would do is take the things that he was teaching me and then we would try to evolve it. Um, anyone raise your hand the the blue circle is anyone familiar with what that is what that's called no cool cool uh it's actually the term for it is usually enzo or zen circle and basically it's a it's a it's a practice it's a zen practice of taking a paintbrush and making a perfect circle with one stroke so if you look at it, you can see where the paintbrush was placed to the canvas and yeah, and then kind of swooped around and then where it was lifted off and it's kind of jagged on the end. And this was a meditation thing. It was part of uh, a principle we learn in martial arts called mushin, which means no mind. And the idea is to get your mind, your ego, your attachment to an outcome out of the way and just make a circle. And that's it. And, you know, they make hundreds of these and every once in a while, one would come out perfect. That was the Zen circle. And when it happened, the question the teacher would ask you is, what was that? And your reaction would be nothing special <laughs> because it's just one more time. It just happened that that time was, you know, was a perfect Zen circle. So what I was taught, if you were to look at this now and imagine as you're looking at this circle, instead of looking at it two-dimensionally, imagine that you're looking down at it and this is three-dimensional. And that, that jagged end on the, like the left side of the space, it's the circle rising up towards you. And then the full end is a spiral. 
So you can actually very quickly, with just a little bit of a different perception, a little knowledge shared with you, you can instantly change your view, right? And that's a lot of what this is about. It's it's about the perspective. It's, you know, the Buddhists would say, we all have ignorance all the time. That's not a bad thing. That's just a human thing. And part of what our work is, is to dispel that ignorance, right? So, and actually, you know, I was taught that that's what guru means, dispeller of darkness. They don't know anything. They just help you shine a light on what you already know. You're just not seeing it yet. Right. So a lot of this is, you know, there's no judgment here. There's is the point. It's about building a perspective that allows you to to make changes that work in service to you. And in you making those changes, that's what's going to allow you to expand that impact to the people around you. So one of the things that we do, we're going to look at each circle a little bit more closely. And as you do, the model we use is to think in terms of the different elements of your life and the habits that you have and the places that you invest your time and attention and assign them as best you can one of three things, a plus, a neutral, or a minus. So a plus would be something that adds to the value of one of those circles. And we'll talk about some examples of that to get you thinking. A neutral are just the things we need to do that don't really add or subtract. And then a minus is something that takes away, like it's going to pull that score down. They are not negatives. They are minuses. We all have things in our lives. So if you're in startup mode and you've got a great project going and you're losing a little bit of sleep, you're, that's a minus on your vitality circle, right? But it's acceptable. We just need to be aware of it. We all have minuses in our lives. We all have things that are neutrals. We can't turn everything into a plus. That's just not possible. And we're not judging this. We're just getting clear, right? So starting with the vitality uh, circle, we're going to go into each one a little bit more uh, deeply. So the first question is, what, what does vitality mean to you? And there's something that my teacher said to me years ago, and it always struck me as being one of those sneaky, powerful things. And he said, be vigilant when you start communicating with people who are telling you, if you were more like me, you'd be okay. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's an interesting one. And if you think about it, how often does someone find something that works for them? And it's not, again, not a negative. They're passionate. They're passionate about what works for them, right? So for example, one of the ways I stay healthy is I run about 120 miles a month. Most people are not going to do that. That's that's not, that's, <laughs> and I would never recommend that, you know? I mean, it's just, it's, that just happens to be one of the things that I use to nurture my vitality. For other people, it can be walking, it can be Tai Chi, it can be drinking more water, it doesn't matter. So the important thing is you're answering the question with a focus on the last two words, to you. What does vitality mean to you? And give yourself permission to change your mind. There's, there's no right answer here. There's, this is a process, right? So, and you can think about it physically, right? Mentally, spiritually, um, in, in a lot of Qigong, a lot of martial arts, uh, that's more kind of um, integration based. We talk about Zhang, Qi, and Shen. 
and Jing is kind of the embodied, the somatic experience, the physical experience, and then Qi is your heart energy, right? That's the emotional expression, and then Shen is the intention, the intellect, you know, the the cognition. So each of those has its own source of vitality. And when you understand what those look like, you can start to integrate them and really cool things start to happen. So, you know, if you haven't asked yourself the question, the answer isn't relevant. It's asking yourself the question that's relevant, right? And won't it be interesting to see what your answer is? So same thing with relationships. What do relationships mean to you? And you break this into the two parts. You know, what, what do you value in your relationships with others? And what do you value in your relationship to yourself? You know, when, when do you feel good about your relationship with yourself? What does that look like? What are the things that lead to that, right? So that's your relationship circle and the question you answer there. And then value, what does value mean to you? Um, and this one I like to, you know, when you think about your unique contributions, what comes to mind? You know, what is we all, my, my personal favorite expressions is dropping pebbles and making ripples and thinking, you know, you hold a pebble in your hand and that's like your contribution. It's you're holding it and the value comes when you let it go. Right. And then it falls and there's a point of impact it strikes the surface of the water. And all you had to do is let it go. The ripples just spread. Right. So you just have to recognize that you have a contribution that you're holding and then release it so that the rest of us can benefit from it. Um, if you're not sure the answer, ask people that you trust, you know, what would they say? You know, what do you think my unique contributions are? They they probably see you a little bit more clearly sometimes through this lens than you may see yourself. Right. So you got the three circles and now we're going to now you go a little bit deeper. Right. So the idea is you just take this through like you're peeling back layers of an onion. So if you think about the your relationship to the things that actually impact your vitality, this is where we get into that plus minus neutral thing where you can make some notes for yourself. You can practice. When I work with people, we do an attention audit and we go through the day. And we think about, you know, what's your relationship to these things? What does your daily rhythm look like? How do you move through your day when you're thinking about vitality? And here's some examples of things to consider, right? So how is the quality of your sleep? Not quantity, but quality. You know, do you get enough deep sleep? Do you get enough REM sleep? Is it, you know, how many 90-minute cycles uninterrupted are you able to get? You know, does that get disrupted? You know, what does work do for you, your activity level, the people that you connect with? And you just take yourself, and these are just six examples, but you can have as many things as you want that you're basically just assigning a plus and neutral and a minus to, right? And the idea is through all of this, once you kind of get a snapshot, you get a picture, a clear picture for you of how these things are having an impact. If you want to increase your life fulfillment score, so you want to take that vitality from a five or six, now you just look for things that are minuses and you look for opportunities to swap them out with something that would be a neutral or a plus. That creates just simple math, create a net positive, right? So if you have a minus three, can you turn it into a minus two? Now your score went up, right? And, you know, 
I've had some people that got really crazy with the math part of it. That's great. I did not, you know, <laughs> for me, it was more just kind of, I just hold a little bit of space and think my way through this and think, you know, if I could, like, I remember one of the most significant things I did was I started subscribing to a fitness tracker called Whoop. Uh, it's designed for athletes. And one of the things it, it does is it tracks your sleep. And based on the amount of effort and strain, how much I'm training, it prescribes how much sleep you need the next day uh, or that night to recover overnight. And just being able to quantify that was huge. It helped me understand how sleep was impacting me on a much higher level. So simple, you know, simple example, it can be looking at things like nutrition and just maybe there's foods that make you feel a little, you know, uh, uh, inflamed, inflamed or fatigued or something like that. And just swapping out with something that's better for you. You know, we had a guy that basically, put a pitcher of water in front of his two liter bottle of soda in the refrigerator so that he had to consciously reach behind the water to grab the soda. And he cut his soda intake down by 50% in a day just by creating a new habit, you know? Yeah. And it was such a silly, simple thing. And it didn't really stress him out because sometimes he would reach around it and take the soda, but he found that it was just easy to drink less soda and drink more water. That was it. So one of the things to consider with this is knowledge. Um, and there are times where, you know, we, a lot of times we focus on being under knowledge, you know, and we need to learn more things. You can be over knowledge. You can have taken in so much information that you are now paralyzed because it's all conflicting. You've, you've, you, you went down the YouTube rabbit hole and now you're afraid to eat or drink anything ever again <laughs> or exercise in any way because someone who said it was good, someone else said it was bad and all the, you know, so, so we're looking for in each of these categories to reach a place of balance. And, you know, one of the things that uh, if you think about like an acupuncture model, you know, what they're looking at is what's overworking, what's underworking. Your liver's underworking, you need to stimulate it. If it's overworking, you need to calm it. So, you know, when you're considering your approach to each of these circles, how can you move yourself into a place of balance where you don't feel like you're sucking in so much information now that it's, it's stressing you out worse, or you're taking action without really having enough informed information to take action that's going to be helpful, you know, and you're just doing things without. So it's something to consider as you're playing with these three circles. Uh, relationship with others. There's a couple things to think about here. What is the impact of the relationship for you? How does the relationship you have with someone else, is it a plus minus or neutral? And it's, you know, sometimes raising kids, that relationship is a minus, especially when they're teenagers, <laughs> but it's an acceptable minus. It's just part of helping them through a difficult phase of their lives, but it's going to be a depletion on you. Right. So, you know that. So you may need to replace, you know, you need, may need to supplement that with a good friend, you know, or or someone else who can add a little positivity and support you to offset you. The fact that you're just in a difficult relationship could be a coworker or whatever. Um, what's the impact of the relationship for them and staying with the teenagers, being present as a parent? as a good model for that teenager, yes, it may be a minus for you, but my goodness, is it a plus for them, right? So, and that makes it worthwhile, right? So you're looking through this perspective and getting clear, and again, don't judge it, you know? And 
sometimes it may make you realize this relationship is unhealthy in its current in incarnation for me. And I need to actually figure out what to do about that. That may happen. Other times it's just like, yep, own it. Here's where you're at, right? <laughs> Big old minus <laughs> in my relationship circle. And that's okay. And then the last part of that is what does the investment of energy and attention feel like? Is it appropriate? Right. Sometimes we're, you know, we have someone that needed help and support from us. And then somehow we fell into a pattern of, you know, throwing just care down the well. And it's reached a point where we need to pull back from that and maybe establish a boundary. You know, is it, or we're neglecting something, right? There's just not enough energy or attention going to it. So again, you look through this, give yourself a score. And it's just a simple way to assess this overall circle by asking yourself a few questions and then seeing what comes to mind, right? We doing okay so far? Okay. Yeah, okay, cool. All right. So now same thing, your relationship with yourself, right? What are some of the roles that you play in your life? And how do you feel when you're in that role? And I'll give you uh, an example of this because you know we're, as I believe that we should be the human that we feel called to be and try to design our lives in a way where we can feel a sense of alignment as we shift from role to role. So during the pandemic, I was working with a lot of parents who all of a sudden became school teachers for their kids. And, you know, they're doing the remote learning and it was very stressful because the children were seeing mom as mom. And one of the first things we did was we started helping uh, these parents design what we call learning cockpits. So these were places in their home that where the child would sit in it like they were getting behind the wheel of a car or an airplane. And it was like the environment was specific to learning. And then we had to take the mom. My favorite was one mom. She bought a wizard's hat off of Amazon. And she would put this big, tall wizard's hat on and say, I am no longer mom. I am now your teacher. And she'd shift that role with that signal and the kids behave completely differently, right? As soon as she did that. So it was just this recognition that, you know, we all have these different roles that we assume and who we are does change a little bit when we're in them. We can't always have full control over the roles that we're in, but we should be aware of how they're impacting that uh, relationship circle. So, you know, some, I mean, there's a statistic years ago that more heart attacks happened at 9 a.m. on Monday because people would really, they'd literally rather die than go back to work. So, you know, so they're having a challenge, you know, in that role, that role of going to work has become such a minus that they've lost perspective on how to balance that out. Right. So, you know, so that's the relationship with yourself part, just asking you that question. Um, and then the other thing that's always interesting is uh, perceived control. And, you know, a lot of times, um, I think it was Dennis Waitley said years, years ago, he wrote a, he did a presentation called The Psychology of Winning. And he said, we experience happiness in direct proportion to the level of control we feel we have over our lives. And the reality of it is control is like balance. It's illusory. You know, we, we don't actually have control. However, the type of uh, ways that um, uh, relationships can be influenced, sometimes it's fixed. It's, it's something that really, it, your actions won't make any changes. 
right? It is what it is. It's just this relationship is this way. So it's good to know that. So you're not banging your head against the wall, trying to influence something that really is not influenceable. So, you know, it's like, you know, if you're Admiral Stockdale and you're a prisoner of war, you have very little control over your life. But what he could do was he could play a round of 18 holes of golf every day while he was a POW. It's it's in his book. It was amazing. And then he came home weak and barely able to stand and shot right onto his handicap a week after he came home. You know, that was the thing that kept him alive, that sustained him through that, right? Some uh, are flexible. We have control. We have influence. We can change it, right? We can, you know, take that relationship. We can shift the way it's manifesting. We We have that ability. And then some relationships are fluid. And what I mean by that is you don't know what you're going to get. So um, it, I'm sure you've all, if you if you have clients, you've worked with clients who you don't know which version of them you're going to get from day to day, <laughs> right? And they can be an adventure, right? So they're fluid. You know, sometimes we have work environments that are very fluid like that. I've worked with kids, so you never knew when a child was going to go running out of a classroom in their underwear yelling, never. <laughs> You know, it would happen, you know, or just all kinds of interesting things like that. So just being aware of that, not necessarily to do anything about it, but just you're creating clarity for yourself in the way you view these circumstances in your life so that you can be a little bit more intentioned about what you choose to do or not do about it. Okay. So, and then finally we have value. So how do your value contributions impact you and how do they impact the world around you? And this one, I, I always think about um, uh, Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap, uh, which is a really cool book. And, and he talks about the zone of genius and the zone of excellence. And it's very interesting because when he talks about the zone of excellence, he's like, very often we're, we're caught in the act of being good at something, having an expertise at it. And then we get trapped into doing it because we're good at it and people come to rely on us. So you stay in a job or you're, you know, you're performing in a way that's helpful. So the value on the world around you is significant, right? What he would say is if you're not in your zone of genius, the value to you may not be proportionate to the value it's creating for others. And that's where people would burn out or they'd, they'd sabotage their own success you know, he tells a story about a billionaire who almost got divorced because he would fight with his wife over the cost of the toilet paper she was buying. <laughs> he was a billionaire. And it just had to do with he wasn't happy. And it just it expressed itself in, a, in an unhealthy way. And he was like really not aware of that because he hadn't really thought through. He wasn't in a zone of genius. He was just in a zone of excellence. Not a bad thing. It just wasn't leaving him fulfilled and he didn't have tools that would allow him to navigate that in a, in a healthier way, right? So it's good to look at that. And again, you just give yourself that plus minus neutral. You know, sometimes, especially early on, uh, it may be a minus for us in the way it's impacting us, but the plus outweighs that for a time. But how long before that needs to change? When, when does that circle need to become a spiral and if you're assessing regularly, you can start to notice that and watch for symptoms that maybe something isn't serving you as well anymore. You're watching for trend lines and you can catch it a little earlier. So all of a sudden you recognize a dip in vitality. A lot of people do that. Their, their value contribution isn't working for them 
and it starts sucking away their vitality. They get sick or, or it impacts their relationships. So you're starting to see dips in other circles and now you're trying to, that's clues. You can follow back to figure out what change you need to make. So, and then when you think about the level of energy and attention, right? Just like with the relationships, it's how does that feel? Are you, is it, are you underworking for based on what you want to be doing? Are you overworking, you know, and risking burnout? Is it consuming you? Is it depleting other circles unnecessarily? Or are you in that place of optimization, you know? And, and remember, none of this is static. Like when you think about balance, if you stand on one leg, your muscles are working. They're just working very subtly, but there's a lot of energy going in to holding what appears to be stasis. But we would say it's it's stillness, you know, it's it's movement that approaches stillness. You're not actually still, right? So, you know, so don't like think this is something where you win. It's like I'm in balance. Yay. <laughs> that's that's not the way it works. We just get quicker and quicker at noticing when we're moving too far in one direction. So we get faster and more skillful at correcting in real time. That's all that happens. And then from the outside, it looks like balance, but from the inside, you feel like you're just surfing waves, right? So, so basically the last part is thinking about, you know, how you create that rhythm towards arriving again and again at three eights, right? So, and again, we don't stay there. We don't just go there and then we get to the top and we win. Yay. Right. This is a, a process. It's a perspective that allows us to see our life where we've made a commitment to arrive at three eights at five twelve again and again, and probably more gracefully and effortlessly over time. Right. So one of the things that you can think of one model that I like when you're tending to these circles is, and this is to keep from trying to fix everything all at once or crashing and burning and fixing nothing, right? Uh, so I would assign one of three kind of words to each of the circles, uh, nurture, maintain, and evolve. With the idea being that nurture is something that you're, is in like a recovery mode, right? So it's when you're letting it heal, you're letting it rest, you're not putting a lot of like yang energy into it. It's like a yin energy. Maintain is just, you're just gonna keep doing what you're doing. You're not going to tweak it. You're not going to change it. Just it's working. Leave it there. Right. And then the evolve is where you're adding that energy. Right. So now you're, you know, so maybe you're, you're making some changes. So that's where you're thinking, all right, where are the pluses I can put, you know, I'm going to make five extra phone calls because value is the one that I want to add energy to, or I'm going to go take a master class so I can improve it, but you don't try to, you know, fix your relationships, add to your value and start working out lifting weights when you've never done it before all at the same time, right? You pick one and you just assign them. So let's say relationships are out of maintain and you're going to nurture your vitality. You're not going to just be in recovery, heal up a little bit and you're going to focus on evolving your value. And then the month goes by, you reassess your life fulfillment score, right? You go through this process and then you just pull these back out and putting them in somewhere new. So you just decide, okay, you know, my relationships are now going to be in my nurture. I'm just going to kind of rest in that. I'm not going to push to, to change anything or improve anything. I'm just going to enjoy them, you know, value. I like where I'm at. So I'm going to sustain it, I'm going to add enough energy to sustain it. And now I'm focused on making change in vitality. 
so so each let's say month you get to incrementally make these adjustments without feeling like you're trying to do too much at any given time and that's it and let me uh stop this sharing do, 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 stop share there we go and hi <laughs> any questions show of hands who, who thought that was helpful we got some some value, some takeaways. Cool. Next show of hands. Do we have any any questions for Kim? I've got another 10 minutes or so. Anyone have any questions about this process? It seems like to well, me you can actually have, like you said, with the math, you can kind of apply it in your own little way. You can kind of apply it at depth um, and really go into it every month assigning you know and, and delegating which area you're going to evolve or maintain or nurture and really yep. study really study the math and go through all your activities and all those different things or you can it seems like with you in the with the math you kind of hold it loosely and say okay yeah i kind of understand that i'm at a seven here or a four here or a six here and maybe i shift this activity or maybe i take this activity out replace it with this for the next few weeks and see and elevate that you know it's sort of it's everyone yeah. can apply it in different ways is that right yeah and it and it gives you the ability to experiment you know and the whole idea behind of it an experiment is how can i track the result right so so giving yourself some kind of because the idea the score is less relevant than the trend lines you know so how is it changing over time and what are the things that are leading to that change so and that's what gives you you know, the, the clarity. Uh, the other thing is I use this to uh, basically assess the, a business. So if you think about your business, what's the, the value contribution of your business? What's that number? What are the relationships in your business with your team? If you have a team with yourself, with your client base, right? Assessing that and vitality, how's revenue generation? How, you know, how much effort is going into what needs to be automated, what needs to be upgraded. You can use this exact same model to, to assess the health and well-being of your business and figure out ways to elevate that. So same thing applies. You can apply this to anything. And it's easy to teach to someone. So, you know, so if you have someone in your life that, you know, they're they're struggling, and a lot of times it's just it's just a lack of perspective. So you give them something that you can now share and it becomes a shared language. And it's like, hey, you know, let's let's work to 512 together. Let's celebrate when one of us hits it, you know, and, and let's be there for each other when we're feeling like we're at an eight, <laughs> you know, and things are really rough or just, you know, that you're stuck. You know, my vitality has been at a six and I'm frustrated. All right, well, how can we talk about that? So it just gives you a way to communicate that's kind of graceful. And a lot of times it, you know, what I found a lot of the models I built, it's like breaking through patterns of uh, like karmic patterns, like a lot of corporate, you know, trainings, it triggers a lot of baggage that they have, you know, so, and it can be that in family dynamics too. So, you know, like with families, we started teaching them a five animal mindset because, it's like some, you have a kid that's very crane-like where they're, they're, they're empathic, they're very laid back, non-confrontational, and then mom's very tiger-like. 
She's like lead from the front, you know, just step up. She's fierce. She's powerful. But if you give them that language, all of a sudden they're like, oh, you're different from me, but that has value. It's just a different way. We could learn from each other. And you'd see communication just explain. Yeah, I'm I'm describing a lot of people there. And yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, we we use that. I use that in corporate settings. There's basically, you know, Tiger's kind of action competence oriented. Uh, Crane is understanding perspective yielding. Leopard is innovative, creative, uh, tends to think around corners and in different ways. And then snake is analytical and very kind of detail oriented. So you start recognizing those four things in the way we process. And then you learn to practice all of them until you develop what we call five ways to win. And that's the fifth animal, which is the dragon. So it's being able to effortlessly apply these different problem solving mindsets to the benefit of yourself and others. So yeah, that's a whole nother topic though. <laughs> I'm loving this. I think we can all find, I think every some things can come to mind easily of how you can elevate your vitality, right? Elevate your value, your relationships. It's it's very like you think today, what can you do like one thing today? You know, whether it's drink the water instead of the soda, whether it's um just go for a quick walk, whether it's, you know, do 10 push-ups, whatever it is. There's there's always some things we can add and same with relationships. Hey, let me just send this kind message to a friend I haven't talked to in a while. Or let me uh, you know, let me give a smile and a simple conversation to someone on the street. You know, it, it they're just very simple, but it adds up. It adds up and it amplifies. Yeah. You know, this is where the spiral comes into it. They all amplify off each other with that area of focus. It's very cool. Yeah. And, you know, isn't it nice to give yourself permission to just not some days and, and then be able to genuinely assess that without bludgeoning yourself and then just get back to it. All right. I had a bad day, you know, and I didn't smile. I didn't give anyone a smile today. Fine. I'll do it tomorrow. There's, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, it's dynamic. And it gets to move with you. And the idea is to just check in. And just the one thing that you stay committed to is your own commitment to the idea of tending to these three circles. And, you know, and it works best when you're thinking about the value it's bringing, you know, to the things that matter to you, the people and the causes that you serve. So, but yeah, it, it leaves space. And I think that's what really led to building this is I spent you know, a couple decades immersed in personal development. And sometimes it's exhausting. You know, you're just getting yelled at to do more and, and try harder and be more disciplined and more, 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 more. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, half of all power comes from knowing how and when to relax. Well, you know, the, the fundamental principles of martial arts, you know, sometimes the effort gets in the way. So this was a perspective that helped you you know, kind of balance that. Yeah. I like the, the space that's created around it and the ease it's, it's almost yeah. like it's, a, it's, it's easeful. It's not meant to be stressful. It's not meant to be, um, end or be all, but it's more just a level of, um, just, a, just more, more grace. Just, you know, even with the, even with three eights, don't, it's not, you got to be there the whole time. We're going to fluctuate and it's just nope. getting, just getting back there. Just, with a lot of ease, a lot of ease and flow, and a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of grace for yourself, a lot of patience, 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely like that. Ken, thanks so much. How can we get around you, support you, find out more about what you're doing? Uh, I think the big thing is, so I built uh, a community around this whole concept, you know, and it's a, it's a, uh, one of the social software gets in the mighty network and it's free and it's just, it's, it's uh, your life and you can join it. And there's actually these spaces where you can ask questions and share ideas in each of these three circles. And, you know, the, it's still, I haven't really gotten it to take off mainly because I haven't really talked about it that much yet. So that's the process we're going through now. Um, but the idea was to create a space where people could support each other in this idea, you know, of just viewing your life through this lens and kind of breaking this, this seduction of, you know, like, I feel like it's anti-hustle culture. It's just as an entrepreneur, I feel so grateful for being present through my own journey. And sometimes it's been very difficult. Sometimes it's been amazing. But it's all the journey is the home. It's all you have. So why aren't you enjoying it now? You know, why aren't you an active participant? Put your hands up and enjoy the ride, <laughs> whatever it may be. Because in the end, when you look back, that's all you had. So and I just work with too many entrepreneurs, especially who were so busy delaying gratification to get somewhere. And then they got there. They got the house or the car or the big business, whatever it was. And they're like, they're not happy, you know, because they look back and they're just, they, they forgot to live while they were, you know, chasing the dream. So, you know, so I wanted to create a little community where people could, you know, share and support each other as they were figuring, figuring out what worked for them. And we could kind of borrow brilliance from each other and, and spread the idea so that more people could find joy and grace in their lives. Love it. Awesome. Everyone, we're starting the collaborative call in four minutes. I've just put the link there to the chat. Ken, if you have your link um, to the Life Spiral community, would you be able to throw that in the uh, in the Zoom as well? Jenny's asking for it. Um, thank you all for joining live. If you're watching the recording and the replay, hopefully this helps as well. And um, yeah, I think everyone has Ken on Facebook as well. If you want to reach out to Ken, um, for anything he's doing, any links, anything that uh, pops up that interests you. If not, reach out to me. I'll connect you with Ken. That's easily done. Um, I'll see you guys in a few minutes on the collaborative call if you can make it. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Ken. You guys are awesome. Yeah. I'll see you same day and time next week, okay? See Thank you all in a minute. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.